This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist John J.P. Parker are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Build a Better Us podcast. I'm John Parker. This podcast, if this is your first time tuning in, is a podcast that's dedicated to understanding family, faith, sometimes we might dabble in culture, but, you know, life stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Life coaching, therapeutic goals. And what we try to do here is make sure that people out there listening and understand that, man, it's never too late. You can always become a better you. Absolutely. And you're never to the point where you're beyond becoming a better you. Yeah. And if you listen in, take some notes and, and really grasp what we'll be giving you, this is game. Oh yeah, it's game. This is this is I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is change your life. Yeah, and this ain't about like like manipulation game. Yeah. This ain't fake news. This ain't yeah. alternative facts. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is yeah. that real talk, <laughs> bro. You know what I'm saying? People still say real talk. You know what I'm saying? This is that one hundred talk. This you know what I'm saying? Talk. So this episode we're talking about pain management. Yeah, no, I'm excited to jump into pain management. Um pain management for me, um, if if you were to ask me, is the acknowledgement of things that have occurred in the life of individuals that have negatively been experienced, right? I grew up old school, right? I grew up with a father who came out of Dallas who had to be tough as nails. And I'll never forget, I have a moment early on. My father in the 90s, he's racing some young teens. And my dad is... Running, I mean, tip top speed. Yeah. You know, it's back in the day when yeah. you get barefooted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you really about to get <laughs> let go. And we're running, mm-hmm. and you know, he's t- he's going back and forth with some teenagers. Yeah. Clearly, some kids yeah. on the track team. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, these are clearly the yeah. track team yeah, yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. And my dad, you know, he's still showing that he got the skills yeah. to be out on the field. Yeah. And you know, a little neck and neck. You know, first couple of races. Well, they got to the third race. True story. Yeah. And um, it's already said, go. Mm-hmm. And they start running yeah. fast as they can. Yeah. And as they're running, one of my um, younger mm-hmm. family members, maybe about three or four, mm-hmm. walks out mm-hmm. almost in front of the racers. Mm-hmm. So to avoid the racers, my father swerves mm-hmm. full speed mm-hmm. and then slides because he falls, he trips and falls. Mm-hmm. And he slides five feet mm. through the concrete. Oh, I was hoping you was in the grass or something. No, it was bad. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in shock like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. I just watched my father slide five feet down the oh. concrete. Oh. Kids, everybody's like looking like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah. And you know, my dad's from the school of hard knocks. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, you shake it off, good, it's nothing at all. Well, late on that evening, <laughs> you know, he's kind of laying in the bed and, you know, he's trying to shake it off. He's trying to shake this whole thing off. You know, it was, it's bad, you know, he went in the race and it's, it's bad. But he's sitting there in the bed day one. Mm-hmm. I'll be all right. I'm good. Yeah. You know, I'm a little sore. I need to call out for it. Mm-hmm. Day two. You know, I'm a little pain, <laughs> but I'm all right. Yeah. Day three, mm-hmm. my mother's like, hey, maybe you should just go get that checked out, mm-hmm. right? Like, is mm-hmm. it that bad? You mm-hmm. need to go get it checked out. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm all right. Yeah. Father goes to the hospital reluctantly yeah. at this time, right? Because, again, come from another school of thought, yeah. philosophy. Yeah. And gets to the hospital, and they tell him to do an x-ray. And they say, hey, Mr. Thompson, your entire arm is shattered. So listen, listen to this. This is a true story. My father is laying in his bedroom for three days trying to shake off this fall. Okay? Yeah. And at best, just wanted some Tylenol and some water. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, I'm just, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to regather yeah. myself. Yeah. Come to find out, his entire arm was shattered. Bruh. Bad pain management, Bruh. right? Bruh. I think that's what happens to a lot of us in life, right? Mm-hmm. We're so mm-hmm. unaware yeah. about the damage that's yeah. been caused mm-hmm. that we just try to go on with life. Mm. And we crippled. Come on, limping. We limping. Hurting. We hurting. Yeah. But we can't ab- admit mm-hmm. or get ourselves assessed mm-hmm. in such a way mm-hmm. to deal with the trauma. Yeah. So when I think about pain management, right? Yeah. I immediately thinking about my father, who is tough as nails, yeah. right? Yeah. Has been through a lot. Yeah. And he is managing a shattered arm and doesn't know it. So what do you think about when you think about... Wait, so you just going to drop that story on me? To I had to. <laughs> what you want me to do, bro? I had to. We can close it. We can shut it down, we man. We shut the whole thing down. Bro, y'all cats out here with shattered arms, shattered. man. Yeah. Acting like they got a paper cut, bro. It's a complete... Tell us about that, man. <laughs> Have you seen it in your life? Have you seen the, the pain management in your life, so right? The, the biggest story I have about me is that being a 37-year-old man hmm. and realizing that, oh, my life is summed up in American Tale. Have you seen huh. the movie American Tale? No, I have Followed up with FIFO Goes West? Mm-mm. Okay, it's a little mouse, cartoon mouse. He has a cartoon mouse family. And on the first installment of the, the movie series, he gets separated from his family. Mm-hmm. There's a big song. Like Finding song. Nemo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you always get to separate. Right. Somebody, somebody, these kids don't know what they, just Just stay with your parents, kids. If you listen, if you just listen at your parents, when they say stay close, stay where I can see you, you don't end up like Nemo. You know what I'm saying? You don't end up like Fifer. And there's a song in there somewhere out there, someone's thinking of me. Mm. He's just, you know, him and his sister, you know, they just trying to find each other, right? Mm-hmm. And what I've realized is that my pain management comes from the expectations of people to leave me. Mm. Right? Let me give you some background. When I was, I don't know, six, seven, eight, I don't know what it was, I saw my mom's first gray hair. And when I tell you, I went through it. I was like, Mom, you're about to die. You're going to leave me. I'm going to be alone. This is from a gray hair. This is some psychological, some DNA. They should have put me in counseling immediately. I literally believed that the next step for my mom was death. 
Oh, because of this one gray hair. Don't look at my face. Right? <laughs> Bro, I'm saying, right? And I Don't even look over here. Right, right. And I expected her to just never just, I would just wake up one morning and she'd be dead, right? Don't know where that came from. Don't know how that fits. When I was 11 years old, my best friend for years came to my house one day with a Game Boy and a bunch of other stuff and was like, hey, man, uh, I'm moving to Arkansas with my dad. Mm. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, when? Tomorrow. I'm mm. like, tomorrow? Mm. What is happening right now? And just gives me a bunch of gifts. and was like, hey, man, I'm going to see you later. All right. The next year, maybe maybe a year and a half later, my dad decides he's leaving the family. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Well, okay, dad's gone. You know what I'm saying? And so mm. uh, 14 years old, friend of mine gets thrown in front of a train by a rival gang. He's gone. I'll, I'll never see this dude again. And his family will only be able to recognize him because of the clothes he had on. Like, that's how bad the train situation was. Um, 17 years old. One of my good friends, she dies in a car accident. I'm like, what is happening right now? You know, first, freshman year of college. Fast forward till about 27, 28. In a five-month period, or eight-month period, I buried about five friends in Oakland. All shot, shot, gunned, murdered, gunned wow. down. Wow. In a, fi- a eight-month period. Five of them, all under the age of 25. So all my life, I experienced pain and loss. Only to realize that I have this issue about pain and loss. Only to realize, like, although it was maybe self-fulfilling in the sense, like, since that movie that I saw was able to explain the fact that I always feel like I'm going, somebody's going to leave me. Yeah. I'll be alone. The people that I love the most are going to die or disappear, whatever the case be. Only they have that actualized in real life to kind of uh, reiterate that, that mindset that I have. When I got married, I was determined on a subconscious level to never, ever, ever let my wife abandon me. Mm. Right. And how I did that was to be aloof, to be different, to take the posture of you just like all these other chicks I ever dated. Hey, you be here, you don't. Yeah. You cheat, you cheat. You disappear, you disappear. You walk out, you walk out. Oh, well. Mm. Right. Not knowing that only was it not only was that toxic, but it kept me from being into an intimate level with her where she could she could hurt my feelings. That's good. That realization of my the way I'm managing this pain, mm-hmm. even on a unconscious, subconscious mm-hmm. level. It's actually like, even if I'm not, I don't, I'm not aware of the uh, what do they call it? Um, what's that gas? That uh, 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 nitrous, not nitrous oxide. Uh, carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide. Yeah, yeah. Even if I can't smell it, mm-hmm. it's killing me. It's killing me. You gonna die? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's interesting that when you when you're not aware of like pain and trauma. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't care, even if you're just thinking, man, oh, this isn't bothering me, you are managing your pain, right? Mm -hmm. In a very dysfunctional way. All the way. Um, Yeah, I find that with clients. um, I also find it in my life again. I use that example earlier with my father because it was the more visual. Like, yo, I'm watching (laughs) this. Right. And I mean, my fa- I mean, literally, I was like, yo, there's nothing that can hurt my dad. Yeah. And that's what he thought. Like, mm-hmm. yo, you know, I'll just be all right. Yeah. And just an aha moment for me was every human being, because of the way we are fragile, mm-hmm. can be hurt. Yeah. And I just need to get it out of my mind that there's something wrong with me because mm-hmm. I experienced hurt yeah. in a situation yeah. where no one else felt hurt. Yeah, right. 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 Like everybody else walked away from that situation fine. They yeah. might have hurt feelings. Yeah. <laughs> My father had a shattered arm. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It wasn't a big day for them. Mm-hmm. 
it was one of the largest days of his life. Yeah. How do you see that play out in people's lives that you love where mm-hmm. it comes up, mm-hmm. kind of like what you're talking about yeah. with the wife, yeah. and they stuff the pain back down mm-hmm. the moment you bring it up yeah. as a way of trying to manage it because no one else seemed to be affected. Yeah. How have you seen that with clients? How have you seen it with friends? How have you seen that with family or even with yourself? Yeah, it's, I mean, I can start with me first and then broaden out okay. right? to, the, to the family first, right? To me first. I think what happens is I, I had an unhealthy relationship to, with my wife to where she, I didn't let her in. Mm. There was no, the intimacy, maybe sex, maybe some romance, maybe hold hands, but she wasn't going to hurt my feelings. And it didn't matter what she said or did. I was going to be like, okay, and? But you know what happens? Yeah, while I'm living my life and I'm feeling good, on the inside, she's getting tore up. Mm. And she's like, you wouldn't even care if I cheated on you. And to an extent, I was like, no. But the reality is what she's saying is, I want you to fight for me. I want to feel as if, as my husband, you'll break a dude's neck if he try to come at me, you know, and, and take you, or, or even for, if it wasn't forever, just for one night mm. or one moment or whatever. Mm. And in my mind, I'm just like, hey, man, that's on you. Like, I, man, hey, you should, you should have more, you know, you shouldn't be so insecure. Yeah. yeah. But at the end yeah. of the day, it's on me yeah. because I'm the one that should be building security for her. But I'm like, I don't care what you do. So, so hold on, hold on. Yeah. So, so you mean to tell me that when you don't manage trauma or pain in your life mm-hmm. or acknowledge it, mm-hmm. then the pain that you experience in a relationship as a result of your own trauma, mm-hmm. can be then pointed towards the person. Yeah. Instead of the, instead of yourself. Right. Exactly. And That's the, on you. That's your problem. So, so, so this is the challenge for me, man. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, in a lot of ways, how do you know? So, how mm-hmm. do you know when this is my baggage, mm-hmm. or this is a legit expression mm-hmm. of the relationship itself? It's hard. I mean, of course, because of what we do, I'm going to promote getting a life coach, getting a therapist, right? That's right. And helping you process through those things. We're in a different place because we're self-aware. If people aren't self-aware, they're going to continue to carry on in such a way where hurt people hurt people. Hurt right? people hurt people. Absolutely. Once I realized what my wife was telling me, once I read through all the 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 read through the lines and you know, I was like, oh, wait a minute. The issue is she want me to say, hey, if dude come at you, I'm a bus his, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what she wanted to hear she from me. She wanted to hear that from That's me. what she wanted to hear from me. Yeah. And once I realized, like, I, you know, I, just, I don't it just dawned on me one day, like, oh, oh, because I was doing some assessing and trying to figure out what that conversation was about. Yeah. As opposed to making it her thing. At some point, I realized, like, people keep telling me certain things about me. And I have been able to project those things. They know that's a you thing. Yeah. But with self reflection, introspection, and community, people mm. were able to say, that's a you thing. Mm. Before we got married, friends of mine were like, yo, I don't even think you like your girlfriend, let alone love her. And I was like, man, she ain't finna make me cry. So, yeah, I mean, you know, right? you know what I'm saying? So, maybe that's on you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, I know how I feel about her. But what they were saying is the way you carry yourself, the way you talk about her, the way you move, it doesn't seem like you care for her at all. So, I'm confused about why you're in this relationship. So at some point I had to say, well, wait a wait a minute. And this is more than one person. Like three or four people said this to me. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, okay, maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. It's it's hard, man. I, I think it's hard when you you assume that people just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to take on a posture of y'all don't really understand mm-hmm. or see, you, you know, could you excuse it away? You yeah, find yeah. loopholes. Yeah. There's always somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. How does one come to a place? Where they can legitimately own mm-hmm. the trauma, mm-hmm. right? They have to want to. And that's the biggest piece mm. about trauma. You have to want to acknowledge it, 
right? What happens is there's always some type of, um, what do you want to call it, way to excuse it, to write it off, to make it the next person, to make it the world, everybody's out against you, whatever the case may be. But if you first don't want want to own up to this thing or acknowledge that this thing hurt you or acknowledge that this wasn't okay, then you're going to be kind of stuck because that's that's first step. It's almost like if you think of an alcoholic or uh, any type of uh, you know addiction, whether it's sex, drugs, alcohol, gambling, or whatever the case may be, you have to first recognize it's a problem. People like to be like, oh, you got to hit rock bottom. No, you just have to be like, yo, like I've missed say eight days of work mm. because I've been looking at this porn for 14 hours straight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not intimate with my wife. Uh, I'm not this, I'm not that. These things are problematic, you know, and you have to want to acknowledge that. Even if it's a matter of let me just first, let me just see, maybe they yeah. got a point. Maybe there's maybe, something Maybe there's something there. <laughs> it's funny people said this, maybe there's a point to this somewhere. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? But if you're going to live in your arrogance, if you're going to live in your um, false sense of security and identity, then there's, I won't say there's no hope for you, but it's a, a, a false narcissistic per- place to be yeah. where if it's everybody else, then it's, 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 it's on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes it may come from rock bottom. It may, may come from different things, but it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. So I find in my life, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think we give ourselves a pass. Mm-hmm. And especially if you fear criticism, mm-hmm. right? You know, some mm-hmm. of us are very prone to depression and we believe just the worst about ourselves, mm-hmm. right? But some of us are prone to self-righteousness mm-hmm. and we believe the worst about others. Yeah. And so- when you start pointing out things with a self-righteous person, it's almost like the knee-jerk reaction is to believe that's impossible. Yeah. There's no way this could be true. Yeah. And I think for both the person that's um, depressed, right, mm-hmm. that always assumes the worst about themselves, mm-hmm. the journey for them is to figure out what's the good, what's the um, positive, and how they see themselves be a inspiration in life. Mm-hmm. I think... For the self-righteous person, though, it's really what Jesus says. And, you know, we are two men of faith. Um, is a faith-based perspective. He said, you're a whitewashed tomb. Mm-mm. He said, only the, the sick need a physician. Mm-hmm. And in saying that, he alluded to the fact that every single person is like, they're much worse than what they like to believe mm-hmm. about themselves. And so I would just say part of this journey, especially if you struggle with criticism, mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't believe that it's your fault. You can't fully own it. You always have an excuse, mm-hmm. right? You got to believe that being healthy means acknowledging maybe it's not everybody's fault. Mm-hmm. Maybe the reason why I'm isolated isn't because no one loves me. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some deep dysfunctional stuff I've seen in my own life, man, just being grossly unaware of my own personality, mm-hmm. man. One of the things about my unique personality is I'm very straightforward. It's very candid, right? And, you know, for a long time, people would say, you know, man, I really just felt offended, you know, by what you said. Yeah. I was like, man, we just need to get thick as skin. You know, you- Get over it. Yeah, you're just a little too sensitive. <laughs> you're right. being a little too sensitive. Yeah. You're being a little too whiny about right, the situation. Right, right. Or wife would say, man, that's really harsh. I'm, that really is frustrating. She said it like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I'm just telling you, I'm just keeping it real, being mm-hmm. honest with you, mm-hmm. right? And I think one thing about, you know, that personality is that it's beautiful because it's very candid and it's very straightforward. But I think one aha moment is realizing that with every strength comes an evident weakness, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And I think for those of us who are asking about our strengths, we need to ask, 
okay, if this is a evident strength, there is also an evident weakness that comes mm-hmm. along with that. And your strength can be your greatest weakness. It is my right, greatest right, weakness, right, right? right? And I think because we don't do enough journeying into that aspect of our lives, mm-hmm. we can just excuse the criticism. Mm-hmm. We excuse the pushback mm-hmm. as something's wrong with you people mm-hmm. and not maybe I need to uh, become a better steward. Mm-hmm of my gifts and manage my dysfunctions. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that. How have, you know, what are some ways you've seen either clients or yourself either manage their dysfunctions or in their gifts in a, in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. And then how have you seen them do people do that in a very poor way? Yeah. And then what is that created around? In a healthy way, it, it comes from investigating and owning the pain. Okay. Right? When you can acknowledge that, yes, when I was 12 and my dad left, that hurt. Right. When I was 12, me personally, until 19, I acted like it didn't matter that my dad wasn't there wow. until I had a breakdown and boohoo cried and realized, yo, I missed my dad. Instead, I allowed the streets to raise me and be intentional about spending time with OGs. How many people have the streets raised? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's what I'm, that's, that's, that's going to be my dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you're that young, you may not be able to articulate that and understand what's going on. But at 19, when I realized that was a problem, I was intentional about instituting a new relationship with my dad, right? Hmm. And so if you don't investigate the pain, if you don't see where it's coming from, and again, this is hard, right? Some people can't trace it. They yeah. just know things are happening. Yeah. But you have to monitor, do I blow up at the same thing? Do certain things trigger me? Am I always upset about certain things? Do certain things frustrate me? Do certain things uh, get me in my feelings and make mm-hmm. me feel less than? Mm-hmm. And when you start investigating these things and putting the pieces together, you can say like, oh, oh, this is a problem. And I, people that do that well understand that they need to grow. Yeah. They understand that, hey, yes, I'm in pain, and this is uncomfortable, and this is difficult, but if I don't press through this, yeah, I'm going to be forever stuck. Yeah. I see the greatest issue in people's lives is denial. Yeah. It's denial. It's like, it's what happened in the example I shared earlier with my father. Because of what he thought it meant mm-hmm. or could mean, yeah. he just denied it, mm-hmm. right? So many times in my life, I found the things that really traumatized me. I just have to deny it and push it down mm-hmm. because I don't have a category. I don't know what I'm going to do with yeah. it if I acknowledge it. I have a moment, I don't think I've ever shared this publicly with anyone. I'm like on a seesaw with some kids. You know, kids, mm-hmm. yeah, baby, yeah, right? yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. their thing, yeah. right? And you know, one person sit on the other side, yeah. the other person sit on another side. And I am six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. I'm playing with these kids and, you know, I'm new to this school. Or whatever. And, I, you know, if you knew you, you under 25, you probably never seen it because <laughs> helicopter parenting kind of took right, all right, those right. different things yeah. away, right? Yeah. But it used to be this thing with an axle in the middle and it kind of goes up and yeah. down yeah. and you're balancing back and forth. Well, one day I'm on the seesaw because one thing about the seesaw is it's like a little handrail. You yeah, kind of yeah, hold on yeah, to that yeah, joint. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they don't have a handrail, yeah. so you're just holding on to the wood. Yeah, bro. Come on. And... You know, the thing about it is if you're getting off, you have to slide off delicately because mm-hmm. it's a balancing act mm-hmm. that two mutual parties yeah. have to both get off yeah. in respect of one another's lives. Well, I'm on this seesaw and this kid, these kids, when because I, I was new to the school, mm. they just jump off. Mm. I slide back, true story. Mm. The seesaw bounces down mm-hmm. and then up mm. under my chin. Mm. And and I literally have a gash to this day mm. under my chin, right? Mm. Now, there was a physical pain yeah. that occurred. Yeah. 
from that, right? I can so, acknowledge that because yeah. I got stitches. Right. I don't know. My mother might put some ice on it yeah. right at the time. <laughs> walk it off. Yeah, just walk this thing yeah, out, right? right? Yeah. But there was also a psychological trauma that mm-hmm. happened there. Mm-hmm. That at that time, whether I could communicate it or not, I learned that my value in the world was insignificant. Mm-hmm. That at any moment that a person decided to discard me, yeah. that they would do it and mm-hmm. even cause me harm. Yeah. Right? Now, you know, not acknowledging that says, oh, I'm all right, I'm tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Acknowledging says, hey, this something that happened even in some of my formation. Mm-hmm. And it may not have meant anything to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the first thing is being able to say, it didn't mean anything to anyone else. Yeah. But as I think about it now, that really scarred me. Yeah. And I actually have a physical scar on my face yep. that reminds Come on, me. Constant reminder. Yeah. Right? So the yeah. first thing I would say is we have to be comfortable admitting the things that have hurt us um, in our formation experience mm-hmm. that maybe nobody else even thought about right. in the moment. Right. Yeah. 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 What are you what, what are you seeing in Hey the- man, don't wear a beard to cover your scar. Oh man, don't right? do this. <laughs> Not to you. I'm just saying it was a beautiful metaphor, I appreciate right? It. What we do is yeah. we build walls, we grow beards, yeah. we become the the opposite of what this thing is mm. that hurt us. That hey, you were a skinny kid all your life, you're gonna start lifting weights, you're gonna be the biggest dude ever. Come on, man. Right? Mikey started drinking milk. You know what I'm saying? That's what Mikey did, <laughs> Mikey right? He got muscle. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And so the thing is, that's the, the not positive way. I mean, it's good to gain, you know, gain weight, lift some weights, da-da-da-da-da. But the thing is, you're not dealing with the scar. You're not dealing with the pain. You're not That's dealing good. with the wound. That's good. You're just building a wall around it so nobody can get to That's it. That's good. I don't want to develop a relationship with wife and let her be close because she might hurt me. Wow. She might say something that hurt my feelings. She might do something that hurt my feelings. For example, you you see it in the bathroom. We like, we like to record in, in the lab here at the house, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rigged up the toilet in such a way to deal with this plumbing issue until the plumber comes. She don't ask me. She don't do whatever. I come home the other day and the toilet is just running. Mm. So all day long, gallons of water have just poured out in the toilet. And I don't know how much money that's going to cost in the end. My initial reaction was some words that I won't say on the on the show. <laughs> but what I realized Same is way. I processed it. It was like, I spent all this time rigging up this toilet to make sure that this thing don't run all day long. You just came and destroyed the whole thing. And then when I asked you about it, you're like, oh, uh, mm. uh. Mm. and that hurt. So what I should have done is express to her how much time I spent, how it hurt me to see this work with my hands that I did get destroyed, my sandcastle get knocked over by a rogue wave, but instead I just ate it like, you know what, it is what it is. And that's the problem. That's me again trying to be, uh, I guess, uh, disassociated from the pain and the trauma and the wound of people hurting me by just saying, you know what, I'm not going to share my feelings. I'm going to keep it moving and just make sure that this doesn't happen again. Good. So I ain't going to fix the toilet No, but listen, that's the resolve, though. The resolve is this will never happen again. And what it causes for us is a um, dysfunctional, unhealthy Mm -hmm. um, redirecting of my traumas. It's kind of like what you said about, like, I'll never be that. This will never happen again. And, you know, you start making these resolutions and what happens is instead of ridding yourself of the trauma, you actually embed it into your yep. life, yep. right? There's people who are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old yep. and because they've never had to face the trauma, which yep. again, I'd love to start going into yep. some of these things. They have never had to confront the trauma mm-hmm. of their journey and the narrative and story. Yep. They've actually killed the ability for them to operate in a healing way mm-hmm. 
towards people who may be suffering in the same way. Yeah. yeah. Right? But people don't think they it's about them, right? It's about their needs. So is, so is that the... So, Go into that, because yeah. I think that's the important point. Go ahead. The gifts are for the body, right? Yeah. It's a testimony, right? Yeah. If you're not able to deal with that thing in a testimonial way, it becomes about you and you wanting to not deal with this thing anymore. Yeah. Not how your story can be beneficial for someone else. Not how your overcoming can help you not pass on this pain to other people. There's a thing in, in psychology called the, the father wound and the wounded son. Yeah. Your issues, you pass on to your son, he passes on to his son, and everybody's broken for generations. Until that thing is broken. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Pentecostal world, they like to say generational curses and all this other stuff or whatever. But that's a real thing. Yeah. If you don't deal with your trauma, if you don't deal with your issues, you're going to pass that on. Or you're going to hurt somebody else in such that's a good. way that they're scarred. And they, you know, it's just, have you ever seen that? What's the movie with uh, Denzel and, and John Goodman? Azazel? Saving uh, Isaiah? No, no, no. This is like, it's about like, like a, a, John de- a demon that jumps from people to people. Oh, no. Um... Almost, yeah, it was a science science fiction type of thing. But basically, it's like, man, all this dude had to do was shut somebody in that spirit that was in and passed on to person to person to yeah. person. And that's how we are with trauma and wound and pain wow. management. Wow. If we don't deal with this thing, wow. we're going to pass it on and pass it on and pass Even it on. Even if you don't want to. Even I, if you don't want to. I think that's the point, is that for our listeners, even if you don't desire to, yeah. you will. Yeah. However you are, wherever you are health, if you're not a healthy you... Yeah. We won't be a better us. Right, at all. And just because you don't desire to bring that pain to people yeah. doesn't mean you can't. Yeah. Talk to us about some practical things that people can begin to do in order to confront and manage pain um, and, and really make it a part of something um, that's that's beautiful. It's, it's tough, man. It's healthy introspection. It's the idea that where in your life have you noticed the same issues and wounds and trauma keep coming up. It could be in relationships. It could be with your boss. It could be with your children. It could be with your spouse. It could be with the neighbor. It could be, like, for instance, my neighbor likes to let his pit bulls run free. (laughs) I have a two-year-old and a Timothal. When I come home and your three pit bulls run up to me acting like they're going to jump, I'm running in the house. I'm grabbing a nine and your dog is dead. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What I need to do is say, hey, neighbor, could you not? But I'm so scarred from dealing with people like us they want to act a fool. When you confront them about their kids, about their dogs, about their life, about their loud music, they just pop off. It discourages me from having a decent and civil conversation. You know what? I'm just going to shoot your dog. Mm. Right? That's that's the end of that. And mm. now I have more problems than I wanted. Right? <laughs> and so the thing is, like, where we have to evaluate in our lives where do these things keep coming up. If you find yourself in a situation where you keep running instead of having real conversations with people. If you find yourself in a situation where you keep falling in the same financial traps because you're just trying to get rich quick. Mm. If you find yourself doing things that are opposite of what you know to be right or to be good mm. for the sake of of not hurting somebody else's feelings or to, to not um, have to really dig into the depths of why you're doing these things, those are the problem areas. Yeah. So does that make sense? Like, like, yes. like paying attention to that. So you're looking for areas of failure? Yeah. <laughs> areas of disappointment mm-hmm. and pain yeah. and discomfort yeah I would say just to to give a little optimism to it something that I've discovered and there's a saying out there it says out of your pain comes your passion come on yeah. and just to give people some hope you know when I discover my pain of being overlooked um, being harmed and being insignificant out of discovering that pain and then really walking through the tears the grief the confession, the apologies, these, you know, asking for forgiveness and everything else, I really began to, it gave me the capacity to to maturely walk in my passion. Mm-hmm. 
And because I'm I'm dealing with my pain, I'm managing my pain, right? I'm I'm not avoiding my pain, right? I'm not trying to suppress my pain. I'm not trying to inflate my pain. I am managing my pain. That that really happened. I have a scar yeah. on my face today mm-hmm. from what happened at me seven years old. Mm-hmm. But because I'm managing it, I know it's mm-hmm. always there. Now as I operate within my passion, I have a sober reminder mm-hmm. yeah. that and a sincere motivation mm-hmm. that drives me more maturely into mm-hmm. what I love and my ability to help others. And so mm-hmm. one thing I would say to our audience is that it is scary to go through the trauma and lived experiences that have created pain in your life. But until you're ready to do so, mm-hmm. you'll never be able to maturely live out mm-hmm. your passion. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I would say yeah. practical is like... Yeah. Looking at those traumas, being honest with them, Mm -hmm. um, gives you the power to maturely live Mm -hmm. in your passion. Yeah, and the underlying thing is, like you mentioned with the story of your dad, is that, hey, oftentimes we pretend that the reason why we're not dealing with the situation is so that we can save somebody else from some trauma or some wound or something, Mm. right? I'm not saying your dad necessarily did that. But he was. He was trying to save money. Yeah. He was trying to save uh, people from being worried about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And how I pass it off is, oh, I don't want to have these deep conversations with my wife because it'll hurt her feelings if I tell her how much she hurt my feelings. But that's how you grow. That's and how that's you how go. you become closer. That's and that's good. how you bond. That's and this good. is how she knows, like, yo, when I work on a project and she just comes and kicks over my sandcastle, that hurts my feelings. And so that maybe she'll be more cognizant next time yeah. to not kick over my sandcastle. But if I keep bearing it, if I keep dealing with this pain management in a terrible way, There'll be no growth and no development. Wow. And that's what the people have to understand. Once you move through this stuff, mm. this growth and development, there's a pot of gold on the other end. It is. But you got to be willing to deal with the muck and the ugly. But it doesn't feel like it. And it doesn't feel like it. And it may be painful. Yeah. But if somebody breaks their arm, I broke my wrist when I was about seven or eight. This bone that you're looking at was way back here. <laughs> I had to go to the doctor and they had to pull it back into the place where it's supposed to be. Wow. It took them four times. The first three times, I screamed in pain. They put it in a cast, and it broke again in the in the cast. Like it was casted, and then broke again, all in the same night. The fourth time around, I, I just woke up with a cast on. I passed out from the pain. I was in so much pain from them pulling my arm over and over and over and, and setting it. My dad walked out the room. He wasn't there. My mom stayed in because that's what moms do. But imagine if I'd be like, "Oh, that's good." So my dad stops walking out the room, yeah. right? Oh, it's good. So my mom don't have to be worried and cry no more. And then yeah. I, my arm yeah. is like this for the rest of my life, right? There's an outcome that's beneficial for you when you deal with the trauma, mm. deal with the pain, deal with all that stuff. That's good. Yeah. But it's, you got to want it. But you, you know? got to want it. Yeah. This is a heavy episode. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing. Um, one, there is a process. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not an overnight thing. Yeah. You didn't get here overnight. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be better overnight. Mm-hmm. And I love your insight that it may be painful, mm-hmm. right? But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's, it's worth, worth it, it for you to be healed. Yeah. Um, two, man, just a sober assessment of yourself. You don't have to confront. You can't confront what you don't acknowledge. Yeah. It you don't exist. You yeah, bury it. It yeah, doesn't exist. Yeah, you can't confront or face what you don't acknowledge. Yeah. So the ability for you to confront that what you're willing to acknowledge mm-hmm. that that hurt you may yeah. have hurt no one else. Yeah. The other thing is knowing that out of your pain, when it's confronted, can come your passion. Yeah, and your ability yes. to be able to live in yeah. that in a more meaningful way yeah. allows you to be much more healed. Yeah, because you're now working with people yeah. in ways that bring you life. Yeah. 
So any other application for our audience? That- yeah, just c- a couple quick examples of how this thing works out in practicality that yeah. people don't pay attention to. Yeah. How many people do you hear say, oh, I'll never date again? Yeah. Because they don't want to experience the pain of a breakup. Dummy, that's a part of life. Yeah. You you it's it's nobody wants to experience the pain of a breakup, but you need to yeah. because it makes you a better person. It, it grows does. you. It, it shows does. you your shortcomings. It allows you to know what you want to accept again in a relationship, and you grow from that. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna never I'm never gonna I'm just, I'm never, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't help you. That's good. Oh man, I'm afraid to swim. Hey, there may be a point in time where you might need to swim need or to swim. save somebody else. So yeah. go ahead and learn how to swim. Right, we avoid the oh, I'm afraid of dogs. Like what made you feel? So I'm just gonna shoot the dog. No, talk to the dude. Tell him his dog is, is scaring you and it's scaring your family. And make sure the dude locks the dog up so I don't have to go to jail for shooting the dog. You know what I'm saying? So just there's a lot of things. Don't go to jail for shooting. The dog. I'm not good. I, I got to be here for my kids, yeah, bro. But every day I'd be like, yo, I'm about to put your dog to sleep, yeah, bro. Yeah, he let me go. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then who gonna raise my family? Right. I'm two, three years. I'm locked up because I can shoot a dog and go to jail, but I can shoot you. But anyway, so that's politics for another day. But what I'm saying is, it's it's practical things that we don't we just think is like how do I avoid and how do I get around that really are are hurting us and we have to we have to like you're not going to get in a relationship ever again you're lying but what you're saying is I'm just going to be so guarded and so jaded when I get into the next thing I'm ruined for the next person because Mm -hmm. I haven't dealt with the scars from the last thing. Yeah. And so this is deeper this what we're trying to tell y'all that are listening it's like hey you can continue to ignore these things if you want to you can act like they're not a problem you can act like you can just go around it but somehow, some way, your trauma, your issues, your pain is going to pop back up. Mm. If your dad hadn't got his arm fixed, Amer- bro. America. America. Yeah, hey. Well, <laughs> go you know ahead, what go saying? ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Message. <laughs> you know what I mean? Message. But if your dad hadn't, like, well, like, hey, if your dad hadn't got his arm fixed, imagine the thing. He ain't working no more. He can't yeah. pick a kid up. Yeah, he yeah, can't yeah. He can't move. He can't do what he got to do. And next thing you know, this thing is just, it's all deformed and jacked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we are on the inside. That's how we are spiritually. That's how we are mentally. Because we don't deal with the pain. Wow. And wow. we got to do it. That's heavy. That's heavy. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Build a Better Us podcast. That's heavy. Mm-hmm. If you'd like some life coaching mm-hmm. or a therapist, you can mm-hmm. at me at BJ116. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a life coach, provide life coaching services through Build a Better Us. Mm-hmm. Initial consultation is free. With you. Yeah, everything is confidential. Mm-hmm. And so we'd love to meet with you one to one. And um, you can meet me at BJ116 online. You can find me there. Inbox me, and then I'll connect you with my assistant. How can I get at you? Keep it easy, man. S-E-E-J-O-N-R-O-A-R. You can find me. DM me. Make it happen. If you put at gmail.com on the end of that, you can email me. That's the fun address. I'll send you a real professional email after that. Yeah. But that's where you can find me if you need some some therapy in your life, if you need to process, if you need to sit down and work through the ugly stuff. Uh, and really make sure and it doesn't always have to be traumatic it could just be hey I'm trying to cut something off before it becomes a bigger problem yeah right that's what cancer is about you get the, you cut the cancer out so that it doesn't grow and spread yeah and you know I, that, that's the reality of life man if you if you ain't cutting stuff out it's gonna grow it's, grow, it's gonna grow if you don't get the weeds out your garden you ain't gonna it's have gonna much grow. of a garden yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well well, thank you for tuning in our job is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us yeah make sure you like us on Facebook make sure you subscribe to this podcast share the episode also, go to Instagram, BBU Social. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, 
Follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.